Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz with you here on the Believe Podcast Networks. And you know you've been listening to the podcast over the many months we've been doing this here on Believe that uh, we absolutely love and embrace all stories of scandal, hypocrisy, and conspiracy. <laughs> and especially when we realize uh, how uh, absolutely uh, you know hypocritical the entire sporting world is when it comes to honesty and integrity. And we welcome a guy of great integrity and distinction to the program. Played college basketball, was also a shoe representative. Can you see where this is going? A gentleman named Merle Code joins us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby and has a new book out called Black Market. Merle, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh, for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, all right. Uh, black market uh, immediately uh, appeals to us. Almost all, all of our uh, purchases and uh, anything that uh, we, we've ever acquired in our lifetime uh, was courtesy of some form of black market. But uh, uh, this is interesting, uh, this book. Tell us about the uh, concept. And obviously, you combine your experience uh, with being involved in a college game as a player and uh, also seeing the other side of it, maybe even the see me underside as a representative for shoe companies. Yeah, so um, thank you guys for having me again. I am. Um, I started my journey in South Greenville, South Carolina, and, and um, as a as a high school player and a prep school player at Fort Union um, Military Academy, and signed a scholarship offer to Clemson University and played there for four years and um, played in, in Europe. Um, was in training camp with the Denver Nuggets and um, played in the CBA and in, in the G League. Um, when well, the C League at the time. Um, and so <clears throat> had some wonderful experiences in terms of playing the game um, and then transitioned into the, the business side of, of, of basketball afterwards. Um, became a director at, at, at Nike um, and then um, subsequently a consultant at Adidas. Um, and then obviously the, uh, the FBI comes knocking at my door and, and uh, I go through the legal process and systems. And so here we are. Um, the book is, is, is really a cathartic kind of memoir for me to really talk about my experiences as, as a player, my experiences in the business world, um, and my experience going through the legal system and the hypocrisy of all of it and the manipulative uh, narrative that's created and the lack of putting evidence in front of uh, a, a jury uh, to, to, to convict on the narrative that you created. Um, and in terms of how black men are treated in the justice system, in terms of how black men, men and women, um, for the most part, um, and that's not to discredit, you know, any other race that's playing the sport. But those who are typically exploited and, and utilized by the system are typically of African-American descent. So uh, that's the journey. The journey is those highs and lows, those funny moments. Um, and again, the purpose of the book, man, is to make you think help you understand, um, to make you laugh, and to piss you off. And so if I, if I accomplish all of those goals in terms of the sell, I've done my job. Merle Cohen with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby on the Believe Podcast Networks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, interesting how uh, – you know, with these big basketball scandals that they had uh, about recruiting and inducements and sneaker companies, uh, I think they put Chuck Person on uh, house arrest for six months. 
and uh, a couple of other guys and actually got caught up uh, in the entanglement. Uh, and yet the, the people that you would have to think were, were most responsible for these kind of indiscretions and uh, illegal activities uh, really skated away scot-free and, and almost, uh, you know, got away with, well, I guess they did get away with just saying, yep, you see, few bad apples, which uh, seemed absurd to me uh, that that was the extent of the investigation and where it went. Yeah, it's certainly. And so here's the crazy piece. It's not illegal. And and so think about this for a minute. We got convicted of doing something uh, uh, illegal, but there's been no federal legislation or state legislation to change anything, yet still the same thing that we did is now allowed. Yeah, so it makes sense. I mean, uh, yeah, you have the name, image, and likeness we, thing, which uh, kind of change the landscape and the people that seem to be complaining about its impact the most are, are the people that are using it to the greatest advantage. No question. And that's how it typically works. When <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an adventure servitude mentality and these young men and young women shouldn't have to ask if they can use their name or the image or their likeness for their own benefit. You don't have to, you don't ask coaches if they have to use their name, image and likeness for benefit. You don't ask the ADs or the schools uh, if they have to ask for permission. Nobody has to ask permission except for the young men and young women that are putting their lives and bodies on the line every day for others' benefit. Merle Cohn with us here. Uh, his book is out, and it's called Black Market, and it already sounds uh, extremely interesting. I, I guess you know what? Uh, you're, you're naive at different times. At least I was as a sports fan. and I mean, not even the Wizard of Westwood was above reproach. I mean, uh, he, he had his skeletons there in, in the – uh, presence of Sam Gilbert, who was a big booster, and uh, all of a sudden, guys that never thought about leaving the house, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, then Lou Alcindor, uh, ended up saying, you know what, I, I think I'd like to go to Los Angeles and play ball for uh, John Wooden. So th this has been going on forever. Uh, the name, image, and likeness uh, issue, I guess, uh, made, made it more, uh, you know, out, out front and, uh, you know, more uh, feasible. It doesn't violate anybody's uh, sensitivities about what's going on, but uh, how, how deep was the corruption? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you, you wrote in your book about the Zion Williamson recruitment, which it's amazing to me that uh, somehow uh, Duke University has uh, escaped scrutiny forever. I mean, uh, you see certain schools are, are never put on any kind of NCAA sanctions when they were kind of ruling a roost and, and never seem to be coming under uh, any kind of investigation that, that leads anywhere. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, how, how deep is the corruption in, in your opinion? The, the only corruption is the NCAA. And so let's, let's, get, let's really get this straight. The there's nothing corrupt about helping a kid and his family pay their mortgage note. There's nothing yeah. corrupt about a mom and daddy who want to go see their kid play and helping them get an airline ticket and food. The, the media and the NCAA have created this narrative where everybody that does anything outside of what they say is okay is corrupt. No, the corruption is them. The corruption is the way that they had the system set up to exploit these young men and young women for everyone else's benefit. And so to your point about these larger blue blood programs, when you have enough money, when you're the face of, of, of their successes, um, and when you have enough legal team and firepower, uh, they don't want the fight. So why even bring it, bring it to your doorstep? We'll just sweep it under the rug and say, uh, well, we didn't find anything. And that's how it typically works. Those of us who don't have that 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 kind of power and the, that kind of those kind of resources, uh, we get sent to prison, and they typically look like me. <laughs> I wish we had more time. Uh, sounds fascinating. Black market definitely uh, one of those things that uh, everybody that's a sports fan and likes sports literature and 
And I realize how deeply uh, rooted the seamy underside uh, was at one time in sports. And now, uh, how, uh, you know, a- a- absolutely inequitable uh, all of these systems are uh, very much in the news. Uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Uh, we'll go out and get a copy of Black Market. And thanks for being with us on After Hours with Tifo and Luby. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot. That was one of those deals where, uh, you know, you, you had uh, an opportunity, a window in which you could talk to uh, this gentleman, uh, Merle Code. I, I didn't realize uh, when I first saw the bio that uh, he was also one of those guys. Oh, what they do? They convicted like two assistant coaches yeah. and Chuck Person. Yeah. 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 This massive coach. investigation into the corruption that was uh, pervading and permeating and just absolutely incinerating <laughs> all of the principles of college sports. How did Zion end up at Duke there, yeah, exactly. uh, right? He, he, he didn't paid. qualify academically. They made no. some kind of special consideration there, Coach K. Yep. And, you know, he obviously had some kind of a deal in place there because his uh, dad was uh, driving around in a red-hot Ferrari. <laughs> he plays there one year, uh, you know, helps him, obviously, uh, to uh, great acclaim yep. and uh, draws a lot of attention to the Duke program that year. Yep. And uh, that's it. Nothing further is said. And uh, you don't see anybody looking into uh, any of the uh, indiscretions that might have been committed by the uh, and noncompliance issues that, you know, seem uh, just readily apparent uh, with, with everything that goes on at the uh, Duke organization there, the Duke program. It is funny. Like, he brings up a good point. Like, we always use the word corruption uh, when the kids are getting paid. But people, and look, not we. We actually go right after the NCAA. But for years, people sort of talked about the things the NCAA treated as corrupt and didn't mention the NCA. Like the idea of the kids getting paid makes actual sense. Why wouldn't the kids get paid? The, the idea of the big people who have nothing to do with anything in Indiana at the or in New York, wherever the NCA has its offices, them getting paid, that is the thing that makes zero sense. But people were so quiet about it for so long and they go uh, after the people who are actually making the kids' lives better. The kids are the ones doing the work that everyone pays attention to. And for so long, they were left out there in the cold. Well, you also can't believe that, uh, you know, that these occasional incidents uh, that are uh, caught by the NCAA and, and held up uh, and they're saying, OK, they're going to be sanctions against the program. Our isolated incidents has been going on forever. And we know that. Yeah. Right. Whether it was uh, some hidden booster giving a guy a job for two thousand dollars a weekend to wash cars and he never actually has to show up at the dealership out there in Los Angeles. Hey, OJ, you got a rack. <laughs> Or the selling of complimentary tickets. Uh, you know, it's been happening forever. The, the whole cloak of amateurism uh, that uh, supposedly was uh, the, uh, you know, influence and principle behind uh, all of college sports. So it was utterly ridiculous right, right from the very start. I mean, there was a time. It, it's funny because the NCAA rules, we've said this for years, Luby, and it's been applicable for uh, more, more than half a century. And, and that is, uh, you know, with the way the landscape changed for uh, the marketing of college sports uh, through uh, various uh, television uh, applications and you know now with the expansion everybody's searching for content heck i don't know that we'd be on believe podcast networks if uh, they weren't like desperately searching for content yep, so yep. uh you know these networks need to fill time you, you didn't see a hundred college basketball games available to you uh, any night of the week no, on no, tv no. You, you were lucky if you caught one college basketball game saint john's taking on iona today <laughs> this should be a beauty marty glickman coming to you on wpix it's your college basketball extravaganza of the month of the month <laughs> yeah you got like one game a month so uh, now all of a sudden everybody's on tv all the time the uh Conferences have their own uh, networks uh, as well, and, and and they program those 24 hours a day. Yep. 
So, uh, you know, and, and you're looking at an astronomical increase in the amount of money that was being generated by the entertainment quotient being provided by the players, uh, essentially. I, I don't know that people actually tune in TV to see John Calipari coach. No, no. I mean, it's fun because he's animated yeah, on the yeah. sidelines. Uh, coach K every now and then makes a face when his team is losing. Doesn't seem to care if uh, Grayson Allen low bridges some poor guy and nearly paralyzes him at yeah. the uh, defensive end of the court with no chance whatsoever to block a shot or make any kind of play on a ball. But uh, still, and, and then uh, Coach K is like, uh, you know, the tag team partner that's choking a guy in the corner. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't see nothing on that. <laughs> Hypocrisy. I've been flying around oh, college yeah. sports forever. So, uh, uh, that Merle Code book, it, it sounds interesting. He addresses really a bunch of uh, different things in there that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, that was unfortunate. We only had a few minutes with this guy because uh, that sounded like something that uh, we could easily embellish <laughs> yeah, <we can> <laughs> and develop uh, on, uh, on this particular program or any other uh, platform that uh, we perform on. Because uh, it, it does seem ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know, you often ask yourself, what is the most corrupt organization in sports? And it's not an easy answer. Mine was always the World Boxing Council, but they they, they look legit not compared, compared to, to the International Olympic Committee, FIFA, the NCAA. <laughs> And the WWE looks legit compared to the NCAA, which now has zero purpose whatsoever. You know, the uh, thing about name, image, and likeness, and you've been all over this, Luby. You love this topic. But uh, you would have to think that uh, any sanctioning and, and ruling and governing and legislating that's being done by the National Collegiate Athletic Association has been rendered absolutely meaningless, like neutered completely, by the fact that you can now openly pay players and have them negotiate deals with companies uh, that have affiliations with certain programs, and there's no limit to what they can do. Guys that you never thought, I mean, uh, would be any kind of recruiting problem, all of a sudden are coming in with $300,000 name, image, and likeness deals uh, before they even take a snap. And, and, you know, in the case of the Alabama quarterback, uh, was making over a million dollars in projected uh, licensing uh, fees, uh, name, image, and likeness fees, uh, without ever throwing a pass. And, and the crybabies about it are Nick Saban, yeah, right? The guy's taking Oh, Nicky of boy, which uh, how, how did he avoid scrutiny for recruiting violations all of those years? Where he, he was constantly putting out, well, whether he was what, at Michigan State, Louisiana State, yep. at, uh, you know, Alabama now for yep. 15, 16 years, and, and not a single indiscretion on the part of any of his assistant coaches in trying to offer any inducements whatsoever that went beyond the, the parameters of compliance, i.e. not even being able to buy a kid a cheeseburger, you're going to tell me that that convinced that they just on their own convinced every kid without any incentive whatsoever to go to Alabama over a variety of other schools that are equally adept or had been at the time of putting out a, a quality, professional, polished athlete after being at the school for a couple of years. Ridiculous, right? No, you brought it up too, Merle. You said it, and that's something we've talked about for years, people who are new to us, uh, I guess we'll, we'll find this out. But, like, it's only the new bloods, like the newer schools that get hammered, like the old schools, yeah. Ohio State. Ohio State got, had literal things happen under Urban Meyer and and before Urban Meyer, and they literally were like, okay, we'll suspend you for, like, a quarter or we'll suspend you versus Rice. Like, Alabama, Ohio State, Nebraska, Oklahoma. When do you ever see them get hit by these Nothing. things? Never. USC, Notre Dame. US in the you funny Notre, Notre Dame. Dame, Notre Dame never gets touched. USC is funny. Is USC is 
older in a sense, but I guess the California vibe, they don't get put in the West Coast vibe, they don't get put in that group. Uh, how do they escape scrutiny? Yeah, that's amazing. Well, they get they got hammered by Reggie Bush. Like that's what's weird is they they'll get at USC, they'll get at the Reggie Florida Bush's State, Miami. parents who were homeless one day were running a horse in the Pacific <laughs> debutante at Del Mar, and uh, you know were shaking hands with Bob Baffert the next day while living uh, in the uh, hillside overlooking the ocean. In La Jolla, one of the most expensive real estate uh, areas in the country. Yep. So um, I wouldn't think anything was going on there, would you? Would you suspect that they somehow just got lucky? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you think Mike Rozier decided to go to Nebraska? Mike Rozier, some freaking monster. Tom, uh, in the early 80s, why is he running to Nebraska? Like, come on. Like, Oklahoma, all the win winning. They we know Barry Switzer's a jerk. And an idiot. Like, literally, Jimmy Johnson's told it. Openly mocks Barry Switzer. It's not like he's some brilliant salesman. So what the hell do you think Oklahoma was doing to win for decades? Like, Texas, like, these programs never get touched, win constantly. Alabama, like, come on. Even with Bear Bryant. Constantly attract all of the top talent. And I they're mean, in it places, all goes there. It they're in places no one would ever want to go. Like, whoever want, yeah. who wants to go be in Alabama? <laughs> like, come on. Like, so that's the thing. But they never get touched. They, they pick and choose. SMU, they hammer. The smaller programs trying to copy them, they hit. It was. It's always been super corrupt. Like, and it's just funny that people just sort of pick and choose. Well, Coach K's amazing, is he? Like, you're telling if me he's Rick never Pitino done anything? had recruited uh, Zion Williamson in the fashion that he Kicked ended out up of the at game. Duke, he, he would be banned for life. He wouldn't yeah. even be able to get a job as uh, a guy carrying the spit bucket, <laughs> uh, you know, for some team in Israel. Are you kidding me? <laughs> No, it's true. I, you know, certain it's guys true. can hammer it. You know, not, we're big Patino fans. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's say that up front. And yeah. uh, hopefully we'll get him on a show yeah. uh, one of these days before the NCAA tournament. That would be nice. But, uh, you know, there are certain coaches that just get annihilated. And, and Coach K, because he was retiring and because he's this legendary guy and supposedly stands for every principle that, that could possibly be practiced, and was going to make you a better man, a better team, a better organization. And because Jay Billis played there, what did he average? Like eight points? Yeah, he and didn't this do guy became he was horrendous. the number one guy in college basketball analysis. Uh, but uh, anyway, how does how does he dodge complete scrutiny and any kind of critique when everybody in the world, including Merle Code, knows that Zion Williamson got paid a fortune and they should have had no amateur status uh, left whatsoever. And then on top of that, I, I mean, it was an absolute non-qualifier on any kind of academic level to get into Duke. Not that he's not an intelligent guy. I don't know. I mean, but uh, did not have the qualifications to get in. And, and they just, like, overlooked it all because it was Coach K. Crazy. <laughs> exactly. I love the Coach K. Uh, Jimmy B. Again, look, I know you love searches, but these are guys that have actually – sort of gotten away with stuff that you're like, uh, I mean, come on. Like, how are you that successful for that long without doing it? Like, that makes you, I don't care how good you are at coaching, the kids want to get paid. Like, why wouldn't they? So why would they pick you, who's giving them nothing, over another place where they can win just as much and get paid? Like, it's just logic. Or, or go somewhere else and uh, just absolutely shine in a program that maybe is an upper, upper echelon. I mean, uh, obviously Duke's going to be on TV every opportunity. Uh, they, they have the ACC television network. You know, they're televising every Duke game somewhere. But, uh, you know, that, that's true, uh, you know, a little more universally than it used to be. When uh, Notre Dame had that unfair advantage of having the NBC contract because they were an independent and they were on national television every single game. And that was a big attraction for a lot of players. Now, I don't know that they lowered their standards 
academically to get kids in. It's possible that uh, maybe they maintained that, and that's why they kind of dropped off in terms of being a top-notch program for many, many years before uh, recent resurgence, where even if they're 8-4 and four at the end of the season, they are going to be the last uh, consideration and get every opportunity to make the college football playoffs <laughs> of the, being a top four team. Well, well, well we were 13 and 0. Yeah, but they played a tougher schedule. They're, in, uh, they're in Notre Dame. Hypocrisy. Always, always. It rains. It just rules the roost uh, when yeah. it comes to, uh, you know, I mean, they, they're really not trying to fake it anymore about being an amateur sport, are they? No, no, no. College basketball and football, it's pretty much, uh, you know, I mean, it's been on the table forever. Those, those rules, though, were made when, when there was no money in the game, yes. I mean, to speak of. I mean, programs might have lost money back in the day and just use it as a loss leader, you know, which in advertising, you're going ahead and you're throwing some money away uh, just to uh, try and establish yourself a little bit. Yes. And so, you know, they, they might have been losing money by running these programs, but they were uh, getting uh, tremendous publicity for, for the uh, particular school. And uh, let's face it, I, I don't know that it was an overwhelmingly influential aspect, but the fact that Syracuse, uh, before I got there, had very good football teams for a long period of time and a long legacy and lineage of tremendous running backs, five greats, all in succession. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that it, you know, made me think about going there, but actually it helped me be aware that Syracuse University on the map was on the map. Yeah. Yes, it puts them I mean, on the uh, map. Obviously, their football programs, when Zonk was carrying a rock there for Ben Schwartzwalder, you thought, uh, well, that's a pretty cool place. The brochure didn't mention it. It's fucking freezing <laughs> there all the time. <laughs> And then my chances of having any uh, entrance uh, even into the lobby of the Newhouse School of Communications to pick up a flyer were limited. <laughs> Especially since my interest wasn't that strong. And maybe that's why we're here staggering around today on uh, yeah, After yeah. Hours with Defoe and Luby. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Our thanks to uh, Merle Code. Wish we had more time. Uh, that was one of those deals where he's doing like 50 interviews about yep. his book. Yep. And, uh, you know, in reading the bio material, I didn't realize that he was one of the guys convicted in that case. Yep which was maybe the biggest bogus FBI involvement in, in the history of the organization, no? They kept promoting it like it was this big thing. They never got anyone. Chuck Person, they got a bunch of people that you sort of knew, didn't, didn't get any of the big names. Yeah, Rick Pitino yeah. in the end lost his gig. But Where was Phil Knight? I nothing mean, he wasn't indicated it. in any of this. Nothing. Nothing. It was, it was Not classic. get to him. What trash. Uh, all right. A lot of fun being with you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Luby, what do we have tomorrow, Believe Podcast? I, I think we have something special, do we not? Uh, you, you had some kind of uh, uh, very illustrious schedule. Is that going to be Debbie Boone? Yes. Tomorrow we will have singer, songwriter, daughter of Pat Boone, Debbie Boone, will be on with us tomorrow being Friday, today being Thursday. All right. You ready? <laughs> yeah. I think this is how we should go out on this one. I'm ready. You light up my life, yada-da-da. I think I'll ask you tomorrow if yada-da-da is the next line of that song. Because it is for me and probably everybody else, right? In all honesty, I mean, I don't know if we'll mention this to Debbie Boone when she comes on the show tomorrow, but uh, that was one of those songs that unfortunately was stuck in your head for a long time that you couldn't wait to get out of your head. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, like, why is this song in my head? You light up my life. The other one for me was uh, this stupid song a long time ago by uh, a group, uh, a one-hit wonder group, I believe, called Zager and Evans. Okay. And people had it, in the year 2525, if the world is still alive. I mean, it's just a horrible song. <laughs> the other one, I mean, uh, we're in Florida here, and I, I don't know if you venture down to Disney World, obviously. I mean, uh, hideous on the way home, three hours in the car, 
It's a small world after all. And you can't get this out of your head. But that, that was one of them. Debbie Boone, you light up my life. You light, And you're thinking, get out of my head. Get out of my head. Stop. Stop the noise. Almost as if you had developed a you know, serious case of schizophrenia. It was an evil voice. Talking. Anyway, you light up my life, uh, Luby, and uh, Debbie Boone yes. will light up our lives tomorrow. Yes. Here on the uh, After Hours program with uh, Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, Believe Podcast Networks, where you know what the philosophy is here. you got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. What if I told you you could go to a great restaurant, feel completely safe because their COVID protocol is unmatched, have an amazing meal, have a great time. When the bill comes, you won't get sticker shock. You're going to say that's too good to be true. No, it's not because I'm talking about Texas Roadhouse. Great family atmosphere, great atmosphere for a couple, great atmosphere if you just want to go by yourself and watch a game and have the coldest beer in town. And while you're doing that, have the best bread in town. All at Texas Roadhouse. Everything you get there is fresh every day and made sure it's served at your table, hot and ready to go. And the best part is you don't get sticker shock because the prices are amazing. Texas Roadhouse. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.